Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Welcome, everybody, to the Pinelander Podcast. My name is Paul LaFaver. I'm here with my Ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn. Uh, today is Friday, the 25th of March, 2022. Uh, it's uh, a joy to be here. It's a joy to be alive in Pineland. Uh, and today, I'm uh, happy to say I'm 50 years old. Yep. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you've, you. You've Thank made you. it. I've made it. I've, th- I've made it to a half a century. You're, you're now considered respectable. Yeah. You're, you've you've hit the big five zero. Am I supposed to be smarter now? Uh, well, I don't know. That's the that's the rumor. <laughs> I don't feel smarter. In fact, I don't feel any different. It's funny because um, you know you're you know I was the world's smartest man when I was eighteen years old, and every year since <laughs> I've gotten dumber. Man, that isn't is, that the way it is? Like you just think you know everything at eighteen, and then you know you just uh, as you get older, you go, "Damn, man, I'm a freaking idiot." That's pretty deep, Mike. <laughs> I'm going to write that down and remember it and then use it as my, my own. Yeah, that's all I do, really. Well, I mean, you know, I, I had a guy the other day, I mean, he actually uh, sent me a message. He goes, oh, well, you're just an old guy. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I guess that's probably true. I mean, we're, we're born with all of our knowledge. And then as we progress through life, we, we just lose it, I suppose. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so what do you want to talk about today? Man, let's talk about your trip. Let's talk about uh, warrior virtues. Let's talk about uh, yeah. Let's get into some of that. Some good stuff. Uh, I was hoping you're going to say that. I have. Uh, so I just got back from a trip with um, uh, SEAL Team Seven, and it was fantastic uh, talking to them about uh, something that's you know near and dear to our hearts. Uh, it's important to every warrior, and that's the the warrior virtues. Uh, it was part of a. Uh, just warrior training. Yeah, and it's really it's really cool, too, because, um, you know, so we spent so much time with the SF community. Yeah. And uh, so I think it was, like, really just, just neat that we were able to kind of get out there, spend time with other communities, uh, with our SEAL brothers, you know, yeah. MARSOC Raiders. I mean, we, we, you know, we Rangers, you know, we, we love them all. Absolutely. Uh, and I, something I, I got to spend, uh, talk to him about was, you know, my dad's Navy. Yeah. So uh, his dad was Navy. Right. And so my, you're the freako. Yeah. So, uh, needless to say, uh, on a dependence, uh, cruise, I couldn't find my sea legs. And so I knew right away at 16, I wasn't going to make it in the Navy. And so I was looking elsewhere, uh, land lubber. And, uh, that's really what I, uh, you know, I joined the army at, uh, 17. Uh, it was the only branch it would take me at the time, but that really turned, uh, turned for the, me for the better. Something else I'll, I also uh, uh, shared with them is uh, I, I like to break the ice with this, but it's something that the, the philosopher Jack Reacher once said. Uh, and if you've, seen, if you've seen the movie, he says uh, there's really four reasons why people join the military. Uh, they're either patriots looking to serve, uh, it's a family business, they just need a job. Or they're looking for a legal means of killing others. 
Uh, and I think that's kind of funny, but it's also true. It is kind of true. It's a, it's a great line, but uh, I think for me, uh, it was probably a family business, um, and just not the Navy. <laughs> well, it's it's you know it's, it's funny you said that because um, I mean I love boating. You know, I grew up out in uh, California, and you know I we used to take trips out to Catalina Island and you know scuba diving and all that, and Lake Havasu, water skiing, blah blah blah. Um, but I do not like spending a lot of time on on boats. Okay, I just don't. I mean, it's it's just something. To, it's like uh, I, I don't like spending a lot. Of, I don't like uh, armored vehicles either. You know, uh, I don't claustrophobic. I don't know, but I just don't like the you know sort of a confined space of a of a ship or a uh, yeah. an armored vehicle. I mean, I just got to kind of be out there walking around. Yeah, I mean, you definitely. Uh, it's not only that, but just the rocking, uh, oh, the yeah. waves. Yeah, that just what kind of did me. Well, see, that just makes me go to sleep. I love that. Oh God, I wish. Uh, but um, so something that uh, this topic and, and always talking about uh, virtues has really caused me to go back and and look at you know the stuff that I've read. Yeah, and, well, we used to talk about this. I mean, we, we would. Did. I mean, 10, 12, 13 years ago, you and I'd be sitting around going, "My God, I mean, there's there's a deficiency going on here. Some of these guys don't know like what right is." Yeah. So it's always good when uh, you know a unit does stuff like that. Uh, I don't think. I mean, honestly, I don't think uh, I've sat through anything like that in uh, in the special forces groups. You know, we just here's and here's the point. Yeah, we We've get we get ways. we we get a whole bunch of uh, mandatory courses. Okay, yeah. mandatory classes like every branch of the military. You know, various different branches of the military get, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of like just dialing it down into like what what you know what you were talking, what we're talking about today. I mean, no, I can't, I can't think of any time when I've experienced that. Yeah, I mean, you get it in like an LPD uh, or some. Touch, you kind of you know, touch on it. Yeah, but uh, so it's always good to see. Uh, it, it appears to be this is a, a current trend in soft is to do that. So that's that's awesome. And uh, anyway, this. This opportunity to speak really got me thinking about warrior virtues, okay? Taking a look at history and kind of defining those. So I wanted to share with us today uh, five warrior virtues. I want to submit those to you, and I want to see if those resonate. And if they do, that's great. Uh, why five? Uh, why not more? Well, five's good. You know, five's better than nine. Yeah, you get too many. You can't remember <laughs> But, so it's kind of uh, like the top five, right? I think it's a top five. And then also, uh, I'll be honest, uh, looking at, um, let's see, uh, different warrior codes throughout history. You know, Asian, Greco-Roman, medieval. Uh, they have these different virtues that they would elevate. Uh, and there's a lot of cross-pollinization. I would submit to you, there's it, these five consistent. are consistent. Yeah. So uh, quickly... Here's five: honor, uh, loyalty, integrity, courage, temperance, uh, and I think these resonate. Now I start with honor because that's uh, I would say, and something I've rediscovered. And, and by by the way, any discussion on this is going to be discovery or recovery, uh, and that's very platonic for me to say so. But what I mean by that is. Um, 
we always need to go back to the baseline. We always need to go back as warriors and say, okay, we are, uh, we are saying these are important. This is the foundation. It's important. And so that's a recovery. Uh, there's also a discovery where some people, they may not know, hey, that's okay. That's, a, that's important. Yeah, yeah, that's important. So I think uh, wherever you're at, it's all good. Uh, but basically what we need, and, and it kind of goes with what I was saying earlier, is uh, there is an uh, emphasis in the soft community to return to a, a warrior virtue baseline, which is great, uh, in light of some things that have happened. Uh, as we've said many times, uh, special operations forces operate in a grayscale environment, and there's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of uncertainty. And so how important is then to have uh, these virtues and, and to operate as virtues when you're faced with all of this unknown ambiguity, there's so many chances of doing something wrong. And so you really have to, to major in these virtues and, and uh, harness these virtues, capitalize on these virtues, uh, uh, foster these. Right? Yeah, I mean, this was kind of like, I, I'm, I'm glad you said the recovery because, I mean, uh, I think when you and I were sitting around kind of talking about these, it was kind of a recovery moment for both of us. We are kind of like, man, I mean, yeah. This is these these really these are important and you just don't really think about them unless you spend yeah. some time thinking about them. Then you realize, uh, real important. I mean, we we you know we thought there were kind of like five equal um, virtues uh, until we really started digging into it. And then we kind of figured out that they're not all equal. Yeah, they're really not. Um, I would say I put honor first. Uh, because I think the one uh, true and enduring law for all ver- uh, warriors is honor. It's really the baseline. Um, and, and I want to explain all these. I also want to just note that uh, in my uh, study, really rereading a lot of these old ancient uh, warrior codes, I, I rediscovered uh, Vegetius's uh, De Re Militari. Uh, and so the the Roman philosopher Vegetius, uh, he was writing at a time when Rome uh, was deteriorating, right? It was dissolving. Uh, he observes this: the decline and eventual fall of Rome was due primarily to the warrior class straying away from their ideals. Say that one more time. Yeah. So the decline and fall, the decline and eventual fall of Rome was due primarily to the warrior class straying away from their ideals, from their virtues. So we're trying to not be Rome. Exactly. Uh, what what do we stand if we do nothing? Fall like Rome. Uh, if the warrior class doesn't recover uh, in large measure, uh, hold on to these, uh, these basic principles that have made America awesome, we'll be like Rome. Exactly. Um, and in one sense... Uh, yeah, we could bury our heads in the sand and be like the last days of Rome and just say, screw it. But I don't think the warriors will have it. Yeah, there's going to be quite a few people that do that. Yeah. But we're not talking about those people. Yeah. That's not that's not our niche. Yeah, that's, not, and, that's not our audience. And here's the awesome thing I discovered is uh, reading other authors like Yamamoto Tsunetomo uh, in his book, Hagakure, which is, uh, you know, it's a warrior code. Um, he actually talks about uh, 
pretty much hits the same notes, and that is uh, in these highs and lows of societal change, there's always a need for the warriors to go back and say, this is what's important. This is important. And they have to concentrate on this in order to defend our culture because we are the guardians of the republic. That's When I say warrior, I'm talking about those uh, who have the profession of arms, who are given the task of executing the foreign policy objectives of the United States and destroy the enemies of our country, dropping ordnance on them, shooting them in the face, uh, whatever. Uh, we're the guys who defend the republic. So how important is that? Yeah, I, 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 it's not... It's not put out enough, but I mean, let's be honest. I mean, all great empires come about because of the warrior class. Exactly. They, we all come about by means of war. Yeah. Um, and we survive by means of war. Yeah. Uh, if if you do not have a strong warrior class, you do not have a nation for very long. Absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, when there was blood on the ground at Lexington, okay, uh, you know, the British had come after our guns, right? We don't like that. Coming after our guns doesn't end well, uh, and it, it, it will never will end well. But in 1775, they did that. Uh, and then, obviously, in the spring of 76, the delegates from the 13 original colonies got together, and they decided that they needed to have a declaration uh, to give the world the reasons why they wanted to separate. They felt it was necessary to, to separate from Britain. And that was the Declaration of Independence, of course. Well, they end this awesome founding document, right, which is the foundation for the Constitution of the Bill of Rights, right. our way of life. They ended these the Declaration with this word. Uh, they ended it with, they finished it with this sentence, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and, and our sacred, sacred honor. honor. Uh, so That's right. sacred honor, well, just start off. They held honor to be sacred. Uh, so they held honor to have a divine quality. Uh, that says so much. Uh, they, they acknowledged. Now, here's the other thing. Uh, our founding documents, you cannot get away from the knowledge uh, and the language of that God exists, okay? So, uh, you know, a blacksmith, uh, you don't have to be a, a religious man, but you're going to hear things like that. So uh, our country is founded uh, on the Word of God, and the founding documents are not just paying lip service to God, but they're saying that, look, uh we have certain unalienable rights uh, from that are endowed by our Creator, right? And but the idea is, they said, "Look, honor." Here's my whole point. They said, "Honor is sacred," okay, and that's why I think honor. And that, that was just my springboard into kind of what I wanted to share with us, you know, with our listeners today. Yeah, I mean, it's uniquely American, right? Our rights don't come from Congress. They right. don't come from a president. They don't come from a king. They don't come from the judicial branch. Our rights right. come directly from God. That's right. Right? We just have government in order to ensure that those things are honored by everybody. Yeah. Uh, but we uh, we don't sit around and ask for permission from government. Okay. Yeah. That's not the way it works. We're not, we don't need a license. We don't need we don't need a permit. Right. Uh, and this is something that uh, uh, I think the warriors of old knew. 
They knew that. They talked like that. They thought that way. And so this is a good recovery. This is a good use of time to talk and speak and think in those ways uh, to recover what made America awesome, uh, what made America great. America is great because she's good. Uh, I also wanted to mention this, that you know definitions are so important. Uh, I'm talking about five warrior virtues, honor, integrity, loyalty, courage, temperance. Uh, and we'll explain those in turn, but virtue, um, just to use, uh, to start off with a definition, uh, in the Greek is arete, uh, and it means excellence. So arete means praiseworthy excellence. Uh, so the ground floor of every, of, of warrior praiseworthy excellence, the ground floor is honor. That's, that is the, the first and foremost virtue. Uh, and, and I say that because I think you would agree, Mike, is if you don't have honor, can it, can it really be said that you have courage <laughs> yeah, no. or integrity or loyalty? No, it's a, it's a, it's a foundational virtue yeah. for sure. Uh, and so uh, on a definition a level, honor is Tim A. Tim A, uh, and I was reading, uh, rereading, rediscovering the Iliad and the Odyssey because uh, my youngest daughter was reading it, and I thought, gosh, that looks like fun. And so I, I started reading the Iliad and the Odyssey again. In the Iliad, this word just jumps off the page, honor. It's everywhere. Uh, it means worth. It means value. It can literally mean uh, a prize. Uh, now, so by extension, uh, honor is a virtue that you cannot buy, but it's priceless. That's right. It, it is some, it's a quality that we ascribe to something. It's, it can be used as a verb, as a noun. I can honor you by, by uh, respecting you as a fellow warrior. Um, I can hold, honor also has a personal value, has a corporate value. Uh, it is, uh, I would say that honor is, an, is a valuation of worth. I value uh, something. I value our camaraderie. That's an exchange of honor. Uh, so there's the expression, if it's a valuation of worth, you can say, hey, doing so-and-so, there's no honor in it. Oh, there's honor in that. Um, and so on that note, um, you know, honor is, honor can be tarnished and stained and wounded. Uh, honor can, uh, can be exchanged, it can be lost, and to recover honor often takes blood and, uh, or diplomacy to gain it back. Um, I had a few guys I wanted to talk to. It's easily lost, it's, it's, it's easily lost and difficult to attain. Yeah, that's true. It is. It can be. It can take uh, years to gain and moments to ruin. Uh, it has to be guarded. So honor is exchanged. It's guarded. Uh, it's expressed um, on individual level, on a unit level. You guard your unit's honor, the nation's honor, your personal honor, your wife's honor, the right. honor of your children. You guard that because it can be violated. Uh, so uh, a great example I have. I mean, of, this is I mean, this is the virtue 
of warriors. It is. This is the principal virtue. And, I mean, you you are not a warrior without it. You're not. Yeah. So uh, so I shared this with some guys last week, um, a story about Admiral uh, Borda, Admiral Jeremy Borda. He was the chief of naval operations. He was born in 1939. Uh, he died in 1996. Uh, Vietnam era uh, chief of naval operations, well, served during Vietnam, but chief of naval labor, naval operations later. Uh, but what was interesting about him, and I highlight him not to dishonor him in any way, but I want to highlight something here that's very important. Uh, he had a couple of uh, naval ribbons uh, that uh, had a combat action on the, the ribbon, and some other people raised uh, some suspicions about his wearing that, if he was authorized to wear that, and uh, he ended up uh, putting, putting a bullet in his chest and killing himself where those ribbons used to be. Um, now, obviously, that was not a good decision for him to do that. But I think that Admiral Borda was one hell of an honorable man. Uh, and I'll I, I share this with you because he wrote in his suicide letter. And look, I'm not saying that we need to uh, do this. Okay. But I'm just saying, making this point. He wrote, because I love our Navy so much, and you who are the heart and soul of our Navy, I could not bear to bring dishonor to you. So honor to him was so important that dishonoring, dishonoring the Navy was just unbearable. Unbearable. And he said, he said look, I, what I'm doing is right for me. Now, I, again, I think he made the wrong decision to take his own life. But you gotta admit, this was an honorable man. Um, yeah, you're not seeing that today. No, um, and I raise his uh, I, mean, I raise his memory because you know if we could think of honor like this, you know, short of hurting ourselves, okay. But just think of honor in that way again. You know. Yeah, he was he was wearing a couple. He was wearing some ribbons. Yeah. Right. As opposed to leaders today that uh, their actions are leading to the deaths of the deaths of servicemen. Yeah, you know they they're not even resigning. This guy actually took his own life because of a couple of ribbons. Yeah, I think amazing. We're, yeah, it's a far cry um, from where we are today. Yeah, um, you know another example I have is uh, when I was on my first trip with uh, the unit. Uh, I had I had an opportunity to see. I believe what uh, the essence of chivalry is. Uh, you know, chivalry is defined in different ways. I would say chivalry is gentleness and strength. Uh, it's it's really the ess- it's the quintessence of what a knight was and what a knight is. What a warrior is is gentleness and strength. And uh, so I saw this. We we uh, we hit a house somewhere in Iraq, and. Uh, you know, we, we shot some guys, and um, there's a, a child uh, that is just kind of left unattended. And I saw a warrior shoot a guy in the face in one room, and then, you know, flow into another room, and then pick up an infant, and then cradle the infant like he was carrying, you know, precious cargo, like like, like his eggs, own baby, like his own baby. 
and then taking this baby somewhere else, securing it, and then going to going into another part of a building and shoot some more folks. And I just thought, man, if that's not chivalry, I don't know what is. That you can just turn it on and turn it off, turn on the 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 strength and the violence where necessary, and then turn it back the gentleness and the professionalism uh, when, when warranted. Yeah, and that uh, there's a there's a few in all uh, in all occurring within a matter of seconds. In a matter of seconds, so there's uh these there's five virtues and there's ten principles I want to share with you. Here's here's uh here's one of those. Uh, be professional. Be polite. Be prepared to kill. Uh, that kind of sums it up. Just be professional. Be polite, but also you know when to turn it on and make somebody's head a calzone, and then when to to cradle an infant. Well, this all kind of goes back to temperance, doesn't it? It does. It it uh, and and that's another note with these virtues is they all correlate. They sure do. Uh, you know, if you have if you lack one, you have none. So if you don't have temperance, you don't have honor. Uh, if you don't have self-restraint and uh, you can't discriminate and you just do the whole village, you do a melee, that's not honorable. That's dishonorable. You violated the dictates of honor, uh, the code uh, of chivalry, uh, the warrior codes of any nation, and, uh, yeah, it should be condemned. Uh, but act, once things are done right, it's a right killing, it's a righteous kill. It's an honorable kill. Then it sits well in your in your guts. That's the idea. Well, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here, but I mean, there is a difference um, between killing and murder. Absolutely. Uh, the uh, so we often we articulate this really in the law of armed conflict uh, with most army units, uh, soft units, but the ar- the law of armed conflict basically states. Uh, that it has to be a combatant, okay? That it has to be a threat, uh, that it has to uh, warrant the taking of that life. And that killing is, is legal, um, and it's um, meaning it's a combatant, right? Uh, here's an example. Uh, we first went into Iraq. We hit a house, and anything we hit, we had guys squirt out of the building, and there were fighting-age males, you killed them because that was the rule of engagement, right? They were, they're bad. Uh, it's just like dropping a ordinance on a building. You're just killing everything in there. Right. Uh, but as over time, you, you know, you have to follow the rules of engagement. Those got more restrictive. So there's a, there's a few strands here. One is the law. Two is the, the law of armed conflict or the rules of engagement. And then really your conscience, this is really the, the court is God's judgment hall in the soul. That's really the buck stop for killing and murder, okay? Because you can be uh, judged by a jury, whatever, and the rules of engagement change. But if your conscience is violated because the killing was illegal, you murdered somebody. And uh, a great example, the best example I have is... Uh, the book of First Samuel said, Saul killed his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. That was a song that really chaped Saul's butt, uh, and it made Saul want to kill him. The whole point is this. David killed tens of thousands of the enemies of his country, 
It was righteous. It was legal. That was honorable. But later on, when he became a king, he murdered Uriah. Uriah the Hittite. He slept with Bathsheba. He slept with Uriah's wife. He lied his balls off to cover it all up. Mm-hmm. And But in the end, he was found out. God sent his prophet Nathan to him and said, you're the man. You did this. He used a parable. He called him out. Uh, and good on David. He repented, mm-hmm. right? But the whole point is he murdered, and it was one of his mighty men. That's right. Which is terrible. I mean, murder by any stretch is bad. But as one of his bros. Right. Um, of course, David was thinking with one of his other heads. Uh, and then... But the whole point is this. There's a difference between killing and murder, and the court is your conscience. That is the first court, and it, it is the sounding board for, uh, for God's word and God himself. And so God was present when that happened, and basically you know, the idea is when nobody else is around, God's still there, and he saw it, and he called him on it. Uh, the whole point is to is uh, to do what's right according to conscience. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the point where, you know, we're getting back to the honor. So, I mean, you have to rely on, um, you know, what you know was right and wrong. Yeah. And, and, and to be honorable. Yeah. Uh, and you, should, you shouldn't be questioning that. I mean, if you're, if, if you're confused between, because uh, I know they try to, you know, mix all that up today, you know. Yeah. They try to, you know, some people try to say killing is murder. Right. It's, it's, of course, it's not, and uh, but you got to get you got to you got to sort all that out, and you got to if you're going into this profession, you're going to have to have a good mental grasp of uh, of the parameters that you need to live by. Right, and uh, also for our, our Christians here, right, uh, we throw out some scripture. Uh, you know, the sixth commandment uh, says, "Thou shalt not murder." All right, that's a better translation in the Hebrew. the The word is ratzak. It just is two words, low ratzak, no murder. So don't illegally take life. Uh, so it wouldn't make sense for God to say, don't kill. But then not but a few chapters later, God says, uh, you will kill this person for taking my name in vain, which they did. The whole point is don't take life illegally. Uh, that is the stipulation of Genesis 9 also, to take uh, life illegally. And then, of course, in Romans 13, uh Here's the the big thirty six thousand foot view, is just as a judge is a uh, executor of of God's judgment, um, a soldier is uh, an extension of the state, and you are a lesser magistrate of the state, and so you don't bear the M four in vain. Those weapons of war are to be used and to to defend the state and not your own honor. And they're not to be used uh, f- for personal vengeance. So anytime you take uh, authority and power, as David did, and misuse them for personal gain, you're wrong. And that's what David did. Yeah. That's why he was wrong. Uh, he thought of himself first. But really, uh, there's so much more can be said with honor. But uh, Yeah, I didn't want to, get, I didn't want to go down that, that hole too long. But I wanted hey. to, I think we needed to talk about that because it's, it's, it's a question that comes that's up. That's a a great rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, so loyalty. Uh, loyalty uh, as honor is sacred, right? Loyalty is a sacred bond that holds warriors together. Uh, it binds you together. Uh, 
loyalty. Uh, I mean, the example I have is it's when it comes to killing and murder, it's, it's kind of like this. Um, it's not hating. It's not so much hating those. It's not hating those that are in front of you. It's loving those who are behind you and loving those who are off to the left and right of you. So a couple of thoughts on loyalty here. Uh, just on the, the word level, uh, you know, it's really uh, found in the Marine Corps slogan, simple, Semper Fidelis. Uh, if you didn't know Semper Fi, uh, Fidelis really comes from uh, the cognate that we have for the word faithful. Uh, so the word loyalty in the Greek really is, uh, it means uh, faithfulness. You're faithful to the mission, You're faithful to those around you. Uh, and then in olden times, for like the Spartans, the Samurai, medieval knights, uh, loyalty is essentially a pledge of, of honor. It's a pledge of fealty, a pledge of faithfulness. Um, and so when you look at loyalty, loyalty is really, we talked about this earlier, uh, mission, men, and me. Loyalty really is uh, allegiance to the republic, uh, uh, we used to say that, you know, I pledge allegiance to the, you know, to the flag of the United States of America. Where it is a, a loyalty and fealty that we're pledging to the nation, to the mission, to those in, uh, that have um, authority over us. It's all those things. And so, as a sacred bond, loyalty involves a love of the brotherhood. That's really where you have a um, horizontal focus of honor. If you will, yeah, I would say a lot of civilians don't quite understand um, that level of loyalty that exists between fellow warriors. Um, I mean, it is a strong bond. I guess the best way to describe it is uh, for those that are married. Yeah, it's very similar to that. Uh, obviously, the relationship is, is 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 quite different, but um, that is an extremely strong bond, and I think. Uh, in tough times, uh, warriors are really fighting for their fellow warriors to their left and to their right, not yeah. so much for some sort of national strategic <laughs> objective or something. Yeah, no, absolutely. And on that note, uh, for principles, uh, bringing out principles of uh, loyalty, um, I, I look at it this way. You have be no do, right? That's an old principle in leadership. So here's, here's uh, two for loyalty, one to know and one to do, okay? So to know, uh, loyalty serves even when it's not appreciated. So loyalty means I'm serving even when, I'm, when my service is not appreciated. That's loyalty. Uh, even if I'm not getting accolades I want. Oh, yeah, right, you know. Uh for those football fans out there, maybe your team ain't doing good, right? But you're still, you know, you're, you're loyal. You're a loyal fan. I mean, it's just, it's no different. You know, you're loyal or you're not. You yeah. know, you, you're not the fair weather ranger. You know what I mean? Even even when times are bad, you're still there. Exactly. And then for the do, uh, duty is the privilege of service. Just the idea that service is its own reward. Right? I'm here. It's an honor. Just That's when we... It's encapsulated in those statements like, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to serve. Because it is. Just being allowed, being able to be in the ranks. Yeah, enough. I mean. And you express that. Yeah, I think anybody, I think anybody in uniform 
yeah. think anybody in uniform can uh, relate to uh, relate to that. Uh, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Yeah. And of course, it, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I I appreciate the opportunity because uh, I wouldn't have been anywhere else. You know, thanks for the paycheck. I was hanging out with a lot of cool people doing a lot of cool things. Uh, so it really wasn't much of a sacrifice, at least on my part. Um, I couldn't think of anywhere else I wanted to be. Yeah. I mean, just uh, when I look at uh, just the opportunities I've had to serve in the past, you know, loyalty, uh, I mean, I've had some trouble with this. Uh, being, you know, growing in maturity, I've looked at um, – not if my service is not being appreciated, well, you know, maybe I should go somewhere else and um, think of those, those lines. Uh, but uh, this principle reminds us that it's really not about us, right? That we live for something bigger than ourselves, and that uh, the, the greatest uh, joy that we have is just in serving. I mean, it's just enough to be there and to serve. Um, and so that, that one always resonates with me. It's just duty is privilege of service. And um, I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, I, the thing about that is, so I think it's kind of like just who you are and how you were raised. I mean, some of that's kind of like this, you know, we always talk about, you know, that kid's got, you know, no work ethic, you know. Yeah. Some of this is just really kind of just kind of how you're wired, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you, we said this earlier that these are connected. So if you don't have one, you don't have any of them. So you're lacking one, you have none. And uh, loyalty, I see that connected also to uh, temperance and self-restraint that, hey, you know, you're not going to get butt hurt if you're not getting out of boys. Uh, that's something that uh, we used to say a lot in the Special Forces anyway that when you've done the very best you can do, that's what you're supposed to do. It's supposed to be awesome. It's supposed to be over the top. It's not regular forces, right? So loyalty is just saying, hey, you know, I, I'm doing this not for a pat on the back. You're not getting the participation trophy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think um, I think that speaks to a lot. I think we need to be reminded of that sometimes. Exactly. Uh, it's yeah. like, hey, look, man, it's not about you. And that's why any any time you, any discussion on these codes and these virtues is going to remind us, hey, we need to have thicker skin. We need to remember that we're guardians of the republic. And at the end of the day, hey, I'm a one man PSD. You know, I, I need to be able to fight to the death, be prepared to fight to the death for my family, and uh, you know, uh, the lives of my brothers are worth more than my own. That's the idea. Um, I mean, we do have a lot of uh, Medal of Honor recipients that have fallen on grenades. You know, they fell on the grenade. I mean, that that's a perfect example. Yeah, of, not by accident. Yeah. That's like uh, the scripture uh, in John, you know, greater love have no man than this than a man lay down his life for his friend. Right. Uh, that's, that's it. I mean, that's uh, the essence. And we honor that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, we talked about this earlier in an earlier podcast, but integrity, um, integrity is uh, kind of the middle of the road here, uh, the middle of these uh, virtues. But uh, I think we mentioned last week that uh, this word integrity comes from the Latin cognate, integer, which just means intact. Mm-hmm. 
So if uh, honor is sacred and loyalty is a sacred bond between the brotherhood of warriors, integrity uh, keeps honor intact. It keeps your honor, the personal honor, your corporate honor, the honor integrity of the unit intact. It doesn't call, call, uh, cause the honor of the unit or your mission to be compromised. Um, and so the opposite of integrity is, uh, you know, being a weather vane, just kind of going with the flow. Um, and so like, as we were talking about, this is grayscale warfare and soft. And so there's all kinds of opportunities to do something stupid and, and to get somebody killed by doing something dumb. And how important is integrity then to keep, to do what's right all the time, no Regard- matter what. Yeah, regardless of who's looking. Yeah. And um, so uh, integrity, uh, here's a principle to know. Integrity keeps honor intact. And it goes along, you know, what we just said. To do is, uh, integrity means doing what's right, even to your own hurt. Yeah. Uh, so I had an example on this. Uh, I shared this uh, last week with some guys. I had uh, my first trip in the unit. Uh, I had gone to a team. Uh, we were on an SSE team, so a, uh, a tactical pilfering team, right? Uh, that's a joke. But uh, basically, we were shooting some bomb makers, and uh, and then we would go through their building or car or whatever and find data, money, whatever was there. And uh, about 90 days into the trip, uh, I was given some money. And... Um, and my boss said, hey, this is your cut. That's $5,800. Here's your cut. This is your money. And uh, so I, I just kind of deduced, hey, those ben, uh, these Ben Franklins used to be Iraqi dinars. And uh, um, so I got that money. Uh, that night I didn't sleep at all. I just thought about how I could use that money. And... Uh, the trips we could go on, you know, the the Adriatic cruise that Becky wanted to go on. I thought, hey, that would be kind of neat. Heck yeah, man. Uh, maybe That's good money. a new truck. I mean, it could be a down payment. It's a lot of uh, money for a soldier. And I thought, hey, sh- and are, shouldn't I be entitled to that? I mean, these guys, we sent them to hell, so why can't I just use this money? And things like that. But, uh, you know, my conscience bothered me. Um and I, I just couldn't do it. So the next day, I gave the money back. So I said, hey, I will flow into rooms with you. I'll make people's heads calzones or canoes. But I just can't take this money. And uh, I'm not going to rat you out. Uh, and I was concerned about that. Um, I worked hard to get to where I was. Uh, you know, to get to the unit, to get to this team. This, it took a lot of work. And so I was risking rejection. I was risking being thrown off the team. and But I said, hey, look, I just can't do this. And as soon as I gave them that money, it was like I had this little baby elephant just get off my chest, and I could just breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah, it's not why you were there. Yeah. And, um, you know, the uh, interesting thing is the next day I was shot. And so, um, and while I was recovering, they put me on another team. So, (laughs) 
uh, I guess they didn't trust me. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I don't know if that was the case or not. I mean, um, but it just kind of so, worked sometimes, its way yeah, out. Yeah. Sometimes God just kind of absolutely did. lays some things down there that you don't quite figure out till later. But um, that's really what integrity is. It's, it's not being a weather vane and not making decisions because you think people want you to make that uh, or what's the best thing for you, but you, what's right. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I just, if I was on your team, I ain't going to lie to you. you know, this is just me. And, and, of course, yeah, everybody's different. But I would prefer somebody just be honest with me. Like, I would have appreciated you coming to me and saying, hey, dude, I just don't feel right about this. Yeah. Because here's the deal. In that type of line of work, I don't need people feeling weird. Yeah. Okay? I just need everybody kind of at ease with what's going on, very comfortable with what they're doing, very comfortable with what they're being asked of very comfortable around the people uh, that they're working with. Uh, you guys all rely on one another. And I wouldn't have had any problem personally uh, with you uh, wanting to refrain from uh, any sort of activity that the team was engaged in. Maybe it was drinks after work. You know, hey, you don't drink. Fine. Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, to each his own. Uh, but that's not, that's not to say that everybody's like that. That's just me. I think, But I do think people kind of appreciate just the raw honesty of team members. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that just kind of worked itself out. Uh, I'm a better man for that. I can look back on that moment and not say, you know, I made the wrong decision. Uh, I have no regrets for that. And, uh, you know, I feel, uh, you know, that, that hurt me a little bit, but uh, actually blessed me and propelled me forward. Uh, so I look back at that moment, and but it, it was a tough decision. To yeah, make. I mean, I, I would I would imagine at the time you were probably like having second thoughts. Uh, I had a lot of second thoughts. I had third thoughts, um, and I <laughs> third even and after fourth. even after I did it, I thought, oh, okay, man. is this really the best thing to do? Uh, but you know, it was, um, and, no, and no regrets today. No regrets today. Uh, but yeah, there's honor, uh, loyalty, integrity, uh, courage. Um, now, this word we hear a lot of. You know, we hear a lot of this. Uh, uh, something I wanted to highlight is uh, this is mental courage, uh, physical courage, moral courage. So, moral courage is really hand in hand with integrity, right? It's like okay, this is a hard right. Yeah, I and, find I find moral courage to be extremely rare. Yeah. In individuals. Yeah. Because usually it's to their own detriment. And not too many people are willing to go there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, most people, uh, look, it's it's a part of who we are as people is we want to fit in. We want to fit in. We want to not, you know, stick out. We want to go with the flow. At least we want to get along with others. Okay. Most people don't want to just rock the boat all the time. They want to find a place they fit in with like-minded people. Yeah, you don't want to be a Karen. Yeah. But here's the thing. That's, uh, you know, we can't just go, you know, do that with, you know, unquestioning. That's right. Uh, There's certain things you can't do. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain things you can't do. Uh, Other aspects of courage. Um, So physical courage. Uh, Physical and mental courage. Uh, this is a part I wanted to concentrate on a little bit more than others. Uh, and this was probably the most uh, stoic and the most uh, anchored in, uh, I would say, the Bushido code of the samurai. 
and, and I, on that note, all these other virtues uh, are extolled in, the, in Stoicism and the Bushido Code, uh, but probably more than anything else is courage uh, in the Bushido Code. Um, yeah, these, these virtues are timeless. Yeah, I just... They've been around. These virtues have been around for as long as there's been warriors. Yeah. So one of my... Uh, uh, I reread this. One of my older favorites is Hagakure, uh, written by Yamamoto uh, Tsunetomo. Uh, and it's, um, it's, it's part of one of those uh, main books, along with the Five Rings uh, by Musashi... Also, uh, Bushido, The Soul of Japan. Those three books kind of make up the essence of Bushido. And uh, here's a quote uh, by uh, Tsunetomo in his book, Hagakure, about courage. Okay, he uses what's called the parable of the, I call the parable of the rainstorm. Okay, so the idea is a rainstorm. Just here's the quote. There is something to be learned from a rainstorm. When meeting with a sudden shower, you try not to get wet and run quickly along the road. But doing such things as passing under the eaves of houses, you still get wet. When you are resolved from the beginning, you will not be perplexed, though you will still get the same soaking. This understanding extends to everything. Um, So this, I mean, just reading that brings to mind uh, times being out in McCall and <laughs> you're trying not to get soaked, but when you just kind of go, you know what, who cares? Mm-hmm. And you just go for it. Then it's a lot easier to do. It know? is. Yeah. And his idea is dying. Okay. It's about death. So, uh, the Japanese samurai would talk a lot about death and this expression goes hand in hand. The ultimate fear. Yeah. Uh, the fear of death, and it goes hand in hand with this idea of dying before you go into combat. That's really it. He's talking about in this uh, parable, of the rainstorm. Look, uh, you're going to get as wet as you're going to get wet. So just just go for it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get killed, you're going to get killed. Uh, and then if you're worried about it, you're not going to fight as well. Stonewall Jackson comes to mind. Yeah, I'm as it, comfortable in combat as I am in my own bed. Yeah, that that's it. That that is the 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 Western version of uh, Tsunetomo's parable, of the rainstorm. Yeah, my faith enables me to be as safe in battle as I am in bed. Absolutely right. Uh, uh, Musashi echoes that in this book of Five Rings, uh, and that's the idea um, in. Uh, in Nazo Natobe's Bushido, the Samurai Code of Japan, he says, For the samurai, a sense of calm trust and fate, a quiet submission to the inevitable, that stoic composure in sight of danger or calamity, became the kind of friendliness with death, and firmly resolved to an inevitable death, and hardening one's resolution to die in battle. The samurai became as one already dead. And that's that's really the key. I mean, the way yeah. you know the way you've explained it, it in simplistic terms is you go into battle dead. Yeah, and, and now, now don't misunderstand me. And and that's uh, not, not 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 that you're dead, but that you're yeah. at I, I suppose peace with the idea yeah. of it. You're at peace with it, and and therefore accepted it. and then therefore coming out the other end victorious. Yeah, how much better is life? Exactly. 
Uh, also, these uh, Natobi, uh, Sunatomo, and Musashi write, it's not that you are uh, reckless no. with your life right. because that's not becoming a samurai. Even though samurai would take their own lives, uh, not in a reckless fashion. This was uh, cogent. This was uh, uh, a deliberate act. And also, not that you would hold uh, your brother's life cheap. Uh, the whole idea is you're just taking the sting out of death by not worrying about it. Yeah. You, you just recognize it's something that, look, warriors die. That's what we do. It's okay. Well, we accept it, it. It sort of acknowledges uh, a higher faith, too, a faith in something higher. Yeah. Um, that if you're meant to die, I mean, it's just going to happen. I mean, it's exactly sort of putting your life in uh, the hands of God. Exactly. And so um, now... You know, the Stoics called it fate. Um, uh, I, I have a, another quote I like by uh, Seneca, who was a Stoic. Uh, on his book uh, of Providence, he writes, I know that everything is ordained and proceeds according to a law that endures forever. The fates guide us, and the length of every man's days is decided at the first hour of his birth. Uh, so just the idea is, I mean, this is also a Christian teaching, uh, we have in the book of Job, I believe it's chapter 12, uh, just as he, Job acknowledges, I had no power of the day of my birth. I had no power of the day of my death. That's it. So it's like, look, it's okay. Just do what's right and don't worry about it. Yeah, just what's going to happen is going to happen. That's yeah. right. Uh, don't you know, sit around and fret and just be scared and fearful about things you have no control over. Exactly. So, Stoicism isn't really, I mean, isn't that the... Uh, I mean, that, that's for warriors, period. Absolutely. Uh, so here's a no and a do principle for courage. Uh, no. Uh, courage is every virtue at the testing point. Okay? So I was talking about moral courage. Courage is, uh, is when integrity is being tested, it takes moral courage to say, I can't do that. Um, what was the name of the Marine colonel that uh, resigned recently over... Um, I can't remember his name. Yeah, you got me on the spot. But anyway, what, that yeah. is a prime example of moral courage. Yeah, shelling or something. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the colonel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one I'll, I'll, think American, I'll think of it. I'll think of it in a minute. Name. But uh, a principle to do: uh, courage masters fear, and that's the idea that we have. That's been articulated many times. Uh, that fear is real. Yeah. Uh, every time that I have been in combat, yeah, I was afraid. I was. I'm not ashamed to admit it. But courage masters fear. Right? Courage is saying, look, I acknowledge this is very real, and I'm not going to dwell on it. Um, and you, you just do the best you can. Lute and Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller. Stuart Scheller, okay. Yeah, hats off to you, sir. Yeah, that's Stuart moral courage. Scheller. Yeah, moral courage. Um, temperance, right? So temperance um, is a high dollar word for self-restraint, self-mastery, self-control. Um, it is also one of the four Stoic virtues. Uh, and I, in my mind, and in the mind of these other uh, warrior uh, philosophers, temperance holds all the virtues together, right? So here's the idea. If you don't have, have self-control, can it really be said you have honor? Uh, if you don't have uh, self-mastery, 
self-restraint, you're gonna it's gonna lead you to do things in excess, excessive. Uh, the bombing of uh, you know indiscriminate bombing and slaughtering of innocents, not honorable, uh, intemperate, uh, lacking self-control, like a melee. That's not honorable. Um, and the guys that took part of that, uh, this is a little bit of a diatribe, a little bit of an aside. A lot of them had PTSD, rightfully so. They, they have the horror of their conscience follows them wherever they go for this dishonorable thing that they took part in. And the guys that didn't do it, they, they sleep well because they right. did something. They said something. Uh, temperance um, is, uh, here's a no and a do. Uh, temperance is focusing, here's a no, focus on what you can control, mm-hmm. right? I think we said this in a, a podcast before, but uh, if you focus on what you control, uh, then you're not going to get all spun up about things out of your control. Uh, I can't control how people drive around me. And they usually drive like bozos, <laughs> right? And, and that's just... Yeah, that's, especially in this town. Yeah, yeah, that's one way that I can have uh, peace is I go, look, this person, XYZ, is going to drive the dumbest person. Right. Usually the dumbest people are in front of me. It's often like... You may think I'm weird here, but it's almost like I'm on the Truman Show, yeah, you right? Are. When he goes down the road and everybody... Like, All the maniacs come out. Yeah, they go, okay, he's going down uh, Skybo Road. Okay, let's get everybody out on the road. There he is. And, of course, that's not happening, but sometimes it feels like it. Right. But it's just an, an analogy. But um, I think if you go through life and you focus on what you can control, you're going to be a better man for it. Just worry about the things. Don't worry about it. Just just focus your energy, your mental energy, your emotional energy, your physical energy on things that are going to pay off, right. not on things that you can't control other people. You can't control how they vote, how they drive, none of those things. Uh, and so there's a span of control also, you know, usually five guys yeah. for a reason. And you focus on that fire team. And, and usually four, four or five guys tops. That's it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're maxed out uh, on mental capacity. And uh, that, that's where you're going to be at your optimum is where you just kind of you maintain that. Now, that's, that's always a good check to go back and say, huh, that wasn't a good day. That was a bad week. Well, what did I do wrong? Well, maybe I broke that principle, right? Uh, and then to do, uh, and here's one that I'm going to be working on. For another 50 years. I'm not sure how many more years I'll get. Probably not 50. <laughs> Statistically. That's where you've been going. Yeah, another, probably another <laughs> 22 years, right? But uh, here's a principle to do for temperance is control your emotions or they will control you. Uh, wow, that just says so much. Um, yeah, I think unlike honor, too. I mean, uh, temperance is something that I think you're kind of, you should be kind of focused on every day. Yeah. Honor is something that hopefully you're just wired correctly. You're not going to lose your honor. But, man, I don't know. Temperance is something I think about all the time. Like, okay, how do I react to this, react to that? I mean, you're constantly getting sort of challenged, I guess, on, on temperance. Yeah, I mean, here's here's a uh, here's a nugget. Right? Here's a gem. Something I've learned. I've been married 27 years. Something I've learned is as a father and as a husband, I am the emotional thermostat 
in the house. If I've lost my crap, the chances of everybody losing their crap are, are greatly pretty, pretty great. Pr- pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I have to control myself, control my uh, emotions. Cleanthes, uh, the philosopher, uh, Stoic philosopher, he says. Uh, the man who allows himself to be led along by his emotions is like a, a dog that's uh, tied to a cart that's compelled to go wherever the cart goes. Yeah, so, I think that's a good good example. Yeah, yeah it's just okay. Now I'm going to be mad. Uh, you know. Yeah, you you got a house full of ladies too. I mean, yeah. uh, and you know, you got you got to let the ladies be ladies. Yeah, uh, that, but they're not looking for another chick in the house. Right. Uh, on that note, also is uh, this has a spiritual component. So uh, I am the spiritual thermostat of my house. So I I, uh, I have to check things that come that want to come into our house. I got to check those. I got to check the influence of that, and I have to hold things at bay uh, and screen those things for my daughters uh, and my wife. It's my responsibility as a husband uh, to hack that snake up before it gets into the garden. And it's kind of, you kind of do the same thing as a uh, as a as a leader. Yes. For your team. Absolutely. I mean, a leader that can't control himself, is that leader really going to be respected? Is that going to command respect, right? No, if you're running around like, you know, some, you know, five-year-old schoolgirl, I mean, no. Yeah, exactly. But uh, those really are the uh, five warrior virtues. Uh, they're not in a book yet, but I'm sure we can have a book uh, coming your way soon with those in it. Just gave yourself another tasking. Yeah. <laughs> But here, here's a uh, parting shot uh, from Marcus Aurelius, a Stoic philosopher, of course. Uh, he kind of puts all these things together. Uh, he says, uh, make the best use of the things that are in your power and influence what's not. So with that, uh, hope you guys uh, use those virtues of honor, integrity, loyalty, courage, temperance. That are, you're mindful of those. Uh, and I think as we do so, our units will be better. Uh, there'll be more, the vitality will be increased. Our lethality will be increased. Uh, people will want to be around us. People will follow us. Uh, and that's what we want. And uh, if you're trying to remember these five uh, virtues, uh, I use uh, Hilt C, uh, yes. honor, integrity, loyalty, temperance, and courage. Nice. Uh, it might, might be useful or not. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, we hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Pine Lander Podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed our content and a unique perspective, we hope you'll check out our sponsors, Blacksmith Publishing. Great titles available at the bookstore, blacksmithpublishing.com. And if you're looking for some cool stuff to wear, uh, head on over to the general store located at pinelander1776.com. Until next time, remember to uh, keep your head on a swivel, and uh, we'll see you next week. Viva la Pineland. Land.